wherever there are shadows, there are people ready to kick at the darkness until it bleeds daylight. This is Bleeding Daylight with your host, Rodney Olson. Welcome. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at bleedingdaylight.net, as well as many more conversations with people kicking against the darkness. Today, I'm talking to a 90-year-old who refuses to retire. He'll talk about how our attitude to our work can be a great testament to our faith. I hope you'll enjoy the episode and share it with others. Joe Scheringer is a successful entrepreneur and author and the co-founder of LifeWork Project, a non-profit organization helping Christians pursue better things in their business, career, daily life, relationships, and faith. Joe's latest book, A Christian Guide to Going Beyond in Life and Work, contains practical advice on how to achieve success while staying true to faith. I'm so pleased to have him as my guest today on Bleeding Daylight. Joe, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. I've only just touched on a very small percentage of your life's experiences, but I know that life hasn't always been the kind of success that you do talk about today. Let's just for a moment go back to some of those younger years, battling addiction to nicotine, gambling and alcohol. What was it at that time that brought you out of that kind of a life? You know, the Bible says we're a work in progress. And I entered the University of Life at the age of 14, just a a smart kid that thought he knew it all. And, you know, when I look back on my life and I see all these specific instances, these defining moments where God touched me and set me on a different course. No, I've not always been successful. I've tasted failure. As I look back over my life, I'm one of those guys that can say, been there, done that, made that mistake. And I, you know, at one time, and I have three children, and my son would say, I tell him, don't do this or don't do that, Darren, his, his name was Darren. He'd say, well, Dad, you did it. And that used to scare me, Rodney, because I, I, I didn't know the answer to it. And I was trying to hide it. God said, listen, just tell the truth, which I started doing. I said, and when he said, no, Dad, you did it, I said, right on. I said, and you know what? That makes me an expert. Because now I can tell you, don't go there. It doesn't work for you that way. Oh, no, I've seen lots of failure. And it was through the failure that I learned to take the right roads. And failure is part of life. Most people just can't wait for the weekend. And we so often hear people saying things like, thank God it's Friday, because the weekend is almost here. But you're not particularly fond of that phrase, are you? No. When I retired, I wanted to go, and I retired at the age of 70. Uh, and I passed the baton of my business on to somebody else. And eventually I lost that business. And I'll get to that a little later. That was a, a huge uh, step in my faith walk as well. But really what triggered my desire to touch the Christian in the workplace, and it's this. It's, you know, when I read here in Timothy, it says this, never let it be said that Christ's people are poor workers. Don't let the name of God or his teaching be laughed at because of this. You know what? If people knew a big chunk of my life that I was a Christian, they'd laugh at the kingdom. I was a terrible worker. And and so, and I remember that at the age of 18, I'd left my home at, at age 14. At the age 17, I'm standing in the city of Toronto, desperate, finally out of a job again, again, and desperate, hopeless, with 
holes in my shoes, no money in my pocket. On a dreary, dreary evening, I'm standing on the corner of a major intersection. And you know, Ronnie, all of a sudden it dawned on me. I said, Lord, you know what? I need a job because I just lost the last one I had. I need a job. And God heard. And he now knew that I was now prepared to give the job that he was going to give me, give it my all. And here is where I learned. God is asking us to do something. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your power and all your might, and do it as unto the Lord. I mean, I wasn't doing any of those things. And it says, and my life changed. When I learned to give it my all, God blessed it. I learned two things. First of all, everybody's after the job that they would really like. And I learned that it isn't so much that. It's as, as learning to like the job you have. How do you learn to like the job you have? By giving it your all. And something happens because I had all these jobs that I didn't give my all. I gave the least I could. And I'd go home feeling terrible, no self-respect, no inner pride. And when I started giving the new job that God now gave me my all, I, something happened. The first blessing that came my way is the blessing of inner pride to know I done did right today. Thank you, Lord. And I heard God say, well done, servant. Well done, Joe. I said, it was a wonderful feeling. And you know what, Ronnie? I want everybody to have that feeling because up to that point in my life, all I could say is thank God for Friday. I could not say thank God for Monday morning. And here I learned to say, thank God for Monday morning. And for the next 68 years of my working life, I was able to say, thank God for Monday morning. Over the period of COVID and lockdowns and all the rest, we heard about this thing called the great resignation of many people leaving their jobs. But then came another phenomenon, and that was of people who just decided they were going to do the bare minimum just to get by in their jobs, that even if they stayed in work, that they were no longer going to give it their all, that they were going to pull back from that and just do all they needed just to get the paycheck at the end of the week. Do you think that Christians have fallen into that as well, that they've seen, well, this is the way the world's going, and and they've adopted that idea as well? Totally, completely. First of all, I was there myself for the beginning of my life, and then that all changed. And it really changed, Rodney, when I fully, finally understood what God was asking. He says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your power and all of your might. We read it, and I've read it, and I've read it most of my life. And I just read it, but I never applied it. So it's application. When we apply that, something happens. God blesses that effort. And when we do, we can walk with pride and confidence. If we just give it a minimum, God can't bless minimums. He wants us to walk in obedience. He is a rewarder. As I became an employer, and God blessed my, my work, and, and we became what the world calls successful, and Christians call success as well. Then I learned that, you know what, Joe? There are laws that govern success just like there are traffic laws that govern traffic. Disobey traffic laws and you're going to have an accident. Disobey the laws that govern success and you don't get the success that you are in pursuit of. And God has to be present in these things. I have identified 10 laws that govern success. And that's what the book is about. The book isn't just to give more 
knowledge. The book that, that I've written is a how-to book, how to apply what the church teaches. And you see, when we leave the Sunday mornings and we, we shut that church door, then most of us Christians go to the real world. Well, I discovered the real world is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's the real world. That's where God lives if we take God with us. That's what it is. So it is, so my life has been enriched unbelievably. And I want every Christian to have that. I want every Christian to be able to say, thank God for Monday morning. And you know when they do that, Rodney, they will shine in the workplace because they will show their faith without saying a word. They'll do it through their work. Even when we're giving work our all, it doesn't always go according to plan. And you've mentioned how life hasn't always gone the way you would like it to. How do we keep on keeping on? How do we keep giving it our all when the success doesn't seem to be there? Well, I don't really know how to answer that because my experience has been that when I give it my all, God blesses my all, even though I don't yet achieve the success that I'm in pursuit of. But I do go home feeling positive about my effort. I have been living in obedience to God's command that says, give it your all. And, you know, the more difficult the job is and the more time it takes to achieve the ultimate result we're in pursuit of, if we continue to give it our all, the blessing comes. So this has to do with the law of vision. Do we now begin to see it will never happen? That's the power of a vision that exercises so much power over what we are willing to do and do. If we go into it, ah, there's no use in this, as, and, and there's Satan is always at work. Uh, this will never work, Joe. And you know what? There's no cheering section uh, standing there when you go out and do the crazy thing, giving it all to a menial job. And, and you know, I had to learn that as a sweeper, if when I gave it my all, I went home feeling good about the job I did. I said, I had to learn that because at the beginning of my life, I thought every job was below me, beneath me. I was too good for them all. And I had to learn that God says, listen, you give it your all, son. You give it your all, and I'll bless you. I'll bless you with inner pride. I'll bless you with self-respect. I says, and eventually I'll bless you with money and success as well. All right, so we have to have patience. Some people say, I'm just tired. I'm just weary. And the thought of giving it their all might be something that is difficult for them. So how important is it that we balance that giving it all during the work week with God's instructions in Scripture to have that Sabbath, to have that rest? How do we balance that? When a Christian has decided to do what God is asking, with other words, to step out of their comfort zone and start doing this thing and following with this giving my all, first thing that Satan says, it'll never work. Here the power of a vision comes into being. It's says verse is saying, this will work. I will succeed. I will leave home. I will, no matter what happens, because God says, I will bless you. I will bless you when you do that. Now, the question now is, Rodney, do we really believe what we really believe? We really believe. Do we really believe that God will bless this effort, even though it's a difficult one? Do we really believe that when I pray, Lord, I'm feeling discouraged. Please empower me with you. I said, do we really believe that? I know my life changed to a very whole different aspect when I truly understood that the Bible talks about us and we. 
And I personalize the Bible, Rodney. And where it says us and we, I put I and me. And all of a sudden, God is speaking to me. And when I hear the voice of God, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do we really believe that? So when we feel discouraged and say, oh, what's the use here? I mean, where am I going to go? I says, I said, Lord, I feel discouraged. Help me. Come to my aid. And the Lord says, I will never leave you. Because you can say, Jesus, you said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I says, when we do that, the power of God endorses us. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or of fear, but of power and love and strength and self-discipline. Now, that, that it reads that he has given that to us. Now, I put it there, he has give, not given me a spirit of timidity, but he's given me a spirit of power. And that is meant and said to every Christian body. It's not just said to me. Every Christian has that available because God doesn't play favorites. He doesn't say it's just for Joe Schrenge. He says it is for every one of those who follow me. I know that some people will listen and hear various people speaking and they will think, well, what right does this person have to speak into my life? What experiences does this come from? And even though I know it's a very difficult story for you to tell, I'm wondering if you could help us understand a little of your background through a story that I know you've told before that you've titled The Cow's have to be milked. It's 1945, the beginning of 1945. It's the Second World War. I was born in the Netherlands. My father is in the uh, active in the underground, in the resistance of, at the time, but the Nazis rule. Many nights he was sleeping away for fear of being captured. He was one of the leaders in the district. And there's one particular night, he comes home and says, Joe, I will be sleeping tonight, and he bought some cows by then uh, so that we would have milk and, and cheese and butter and those things and some other animals as well. My, his business was the feed and fertilizer business, so we the farmers were our, our customers. So we had some cows, and when he wasn't there, I had to milk the cows. I'm 12 years old. I said, so this particular night, he comes and says, I'm going to sleep at home tonight. So Joe, tomorrow morning, I will milk the cows. Well, I was in Utopia because as a 12-year-old, I mean, sleep is very dear in the morning. And I, so I felt good. It's 5 o'clock in the morning, and my mother is shaking me. And she says, Joe, Joe, wake up, wake up. And uh, I said, uh, he said, why, 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 what's the matter? He said, you have to milk the cows. I said, no, 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 no. Dad said he'd milk the cows. And my mother said, Dad was picked up last night. Now, this is the Nazi era. And, of course, today people wouldn't know when they hear this story, except that we knew one thing. Anybody who was picked up by the Nazis, you never saw them again. So I knew my father was dead. He was gone out of my life. And I had to get up and milk the cows. So I sat there that morning. I still get emotional over it. I sat there that morning, Rodney. And I milked those cows with tears running down my cheeks because my father was dead. So what was the lesson here? The lesson I learned that has stood me in good stead for the rest of my life was this one, that life goes on. The cows have to be milked. You can't give up. Your duties still call. So no matter what happens, 
So that was the beginning of something that has stayed, stood me in good light. I said, now let me go on with this. So it's two months later. We thought my father was dead, and he was, but he wasn't. He was still in prison in our city close by. The infrastructure had broken down by then. The war is nearly over. The Nazis knew they were defeated. So instead of being able to send those whom they had captured, because they had captured them now, instead of being able to send those to the death camps, they took them out, 10 to 15 of them at night, in these little army trucks with the, with the tarps covering them. And uh, it was his turn. Sharenga, come out. And says, he came out. Came into this courtyard, and their hands were tied to each other, five in a row one hand of one prisoner to the hand of the other prisoner, and then they were put on benches in that truck. I said, my father is a Christian. He knew that he'd done that which was right in the sight of the Lord, help those who were in need at the risk of his life. And here he is. They don't know where they're going, but they fear they're going to be on their way to being shot. They get loaded on the truck. They're driving away. The truck stops after a while. The Nazis get out, and he hears that they are lost. And he speaks up. And he also hears where they need to go. And he knows it's a desolate area. So he knew they were going to be shot. He speaks up. He says, if you turn left and then right at the next bridge, he says, you'll get to go where you want to go. It wasn't true. But if they did that, he would be able to pass his home where his five children and his wife lived and say goodbye to them. And, and they got back in the truck and they did as it was. And then an idea came into his mind that said this. He said, hey, all of a sudden, God spoke to him, and he heard him say, Herman, you know, Herman, I am more powerful than all these turkeys combined. And they did, and they followed, and they made the turn that he said. And then God said, okay, if I'm more powerful, Herman, what are you going to do about it? And he started working on his bonds. Now, here's the point. He said, started working on his bonds. When you start doing the crazy things, this gun t- turning at you, uh, 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 aiming at you, and being tied to the next guy, he says, there isn't a cheering section that says, go ahead, Herman, you can do it. You can do it. No, no. Even here, the prisoner next to him, who, of course, felt him working at his bonds, said, you'll never succeed, sir. You'll never succeed. Well, my father succeeded. He was able to jump out of that truck when his arms shot loose. And he ran, it was in our village, and he ran out of the canal. And the Nazis, by the time they stopped that truck, they were gone the other way. And he lived for another 42 years. That's the God Christians serve. The God who's more powerful than all these turkeys combined with tied down and guns pointing at you. Christian, follower of Jesus, that's your God. Trust him. That is an amazing story and an amazing testimony to the power of our God. I know that you've done so many things over your life. Tell me what led you to create the LifeWork Project. First of all, it was recognizing in my own life that changed from a poor worker to a treasured worker and where the Lord was able to bless my work. I said, what really triggered it are two things. Here is this Christian who has access to unbelievable power, and he isn't using it. So he can only say, thank God for Friday. What a terrible way. It's a third of our life, Rodney. A third of our life is spent in the workplace, and we go in with an attitude that this will never work, and I can only say Friday. So I wanted to be able to say what I was able to say. Thank God for Monday morning. I mean, it's such a wonderful feeling. I said another second thing. I read what Jesus said. He said, you know, if you will not acknowledge me here where you are, that I am your Savior, 
He says, I will not acknowledge you when you come and stand in front of me. I said, that scared me. I see all of a sudden, I see hundreds and thousands of Christians who, who were churchgoers but didn't really tap into the power of God. Finally hear Jesus say, I did not know you. And they say, what do you mean? I didn't know. I went to church. I did this and I did that. I said, but then you never acknowledged me. And I was that person at one time. So I know what that feels like. I could have stood there and God said, I do not know you, Joe. I said, I want every Christian to know Jesus Christ and to have the courage to stand for him in the workplace. And I was there, been there, done that. I said, the church teaches us you need to testify to your faith. And of course, we think that we need to do that verbally. I said, but we don't, we're not equipped to do it verbally, so we don't do it. So we don't testify. But here, the book helps us to testify through our work. Our work does it. So why does the secular employer not say, you know what? I want Christians because they're hard workers. They're committed. They're dedicated. Let me just point out the life of Joseph. His brothers had betrayed him, sold him into Egypt. He came into Egypt. I mean, he pitched in. He pitched into his work. How do we know that? Because nobody gets promoted who doesn't work as unto the Lord with all of his power. And Joseph did. Now, if Joseph can do it, and God blessed them, you, Christian, every one of us, well, blessed if we do what God does. Now, we don't all get to run the country, but God blesses us in our sphere of influence that he will bless. That, those things. Number one, I wanted to say thank God for Monday morning. And number two, because it's a third of their life. And number two, I want them to be able to get into heaven and say, when Jesus says, well done, faithful servant, come on in. I mean, what a, what a wonderful woman that would be. I said, that's my reason for doing the, the life work book. It's a guide to help them. It's a to-do book. So it's a, how do I do it? Read the book. It teaches you the principles. It gives you the steps. It's interesting that you talk a little bit about being able to testify to our faith and not necessarily to do that in words. We get that opportunity and we must take that when we do get it. But to testify by our actions, when you really caught hold of this principle, how did it change the way that employers and co-workers started to feel about you as a person of faith? Oh, yeah. It, it makes such a difference. Let me tell you a little story about somebody who did it verbally. I was an employer, and I hired a hippie. In those days, they were the hippie, who had met Jesus Christ. His life had turned around, and he was on fire for the Lord, and we hired him. And he, in no time at all, had Bible texts all over the warehouse, talked about Jesus all the time to everybody who wanted to listen, and eventually I had to call him in. And I said, Howard, I said, I want you to do something for me. He said, what is it? And he went to the same church I went to. I said, I want you to take all those Bible texts down, every one of them. He's looked at me, he said, so what, what do you mean? I said, well, just listen, just take them out. And I don't want you to talk about Jesus at all. He looks at me, he says, well, you're a Christian. I said, yes, I am. I said, but I don't want anybody to know that you are, because you are a terrible worker. His words did not match his work. And as a consequence, everybody had contempt for his face. So the kingdom of God was besmirched through this man's behavior. His work ethic wasn't there. Our words have to match our action. And this is a little ditty here. You are writing a gospel, a chapter each day by deeds that you do, by words that you say. 
Men read what you write, whether faithful or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? And that's the question. They look at us, Ronnie. They look at us and they know now that we're Christians. What are they seeing? And then when they saw a Joe Schuring at one time in his life, and they would say, I don't want to be like him. I don't want to be a Christian. And I hope that now they say, why are you doing what you're doing, Joe? And I say, it's Jesus Christ in my life. I have a boss beyond my boss. Even if I am a boss, I have a boss over me. That is Jesus. I have to obey his directives. And when I do, he blesses me. And I want every Christian in the workplace to be blessed the way that God blessed me with inner pride, with the knowledge that says, well done, faithful servant, each and every day. That's my objective. As we've talked, you've mentioned about many, many years in the workforce. You've talked about that time when you were just a young boy. And people are trying to go through and do the the mental maths and work out exactly how old you are and I'll give it away, that you're at 90 years of age at the moment. Have you never heard of the word retirement? Is that something that you just don't want to face? What is it that keeps you going at 90 years of age? You know what? I'm just a blessed man, uh, Rodney. I heard God's voice say, let me tell you where I heard it very clearly. I had retired at the age of 70. I'd done everything I could in my workplace. I wanted to be actively involved in the furtherance of the kingdom. I I now knew all these Christians in the workplace. I wanted to see them be able to say, thank God for Monday mornings. I was part of a board of an organization. We're building a Christian university. We needed $50 million. And they chose me to be part of the fundraising crew. And I thought that that I was the right choice. I mean, hey, I was a successful businessman. I had the money. I could do it. Now I had the time. I mean, I thought I was the right choice. And you know what happened, brother? I got notice from my accountant. He says, you know, Joe, that you're losing tons of money every week, that the new president that you've hired is driving this corporation into bankruptcy. Well, bankrupt it went. I'd lost my business. I was all set out to go out there and fundraise as a successful businessman, a guy who had made it. And all of a sudden, I was a nobody. I wasn't Mr. Shuringa anymore. I was just Joe. And besides that, I was a loser. And I had to go and fundraise for this Christian thing that God has called us to build. I couldn't do it. So I said, Lord, I can't do it. I'm quitting. And you know, Lordy, this is what I heard him say. He said, Joe, you are going to go in your own name with your prestige as that great, big, successful, wealthy individual. He says, now you have to go and my name, and do the job that I have called you to do. And you know what he did, Roddy? He gave me the courage, and I did, and I went in his name, and my life changed. I was empowered by an almighty God, and I learned that when God calls the simple, he empowers the simple. When he calls, he empowers those he called. And I felt his power course through me. And you know what, brother, that is available to every single Christian. Every follower of Christ can have that confidence when they step out in confidence and do things in his name. And that applies to their workplace as well. When they do things, the work honoring him, he blesses it. He empowers them. 
I felt that. I know that. I want everybody to have that. That's what life work is all about. And of course, there's lots of resources available on the LifeWork website, which is lifeworkproject.org. And I will put links to the website in the show notes at bleedingdaylight.net. And I guess that's also a great place for people to go if they're wanting to get hold of your book, which, as I mentioned, is a Christian guide to going beyond in life and work. So if people have really been captivated by the way that you have such a passion for work, not just the weekend, but for the work week, I guess that that's definitely the place to go, isn't it? Amen. Totally correct. Yes. Joe, it has been an absolute delight to speak to you. I want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing part of your life with us today and sharing some of the enthusiasm that you have for giving everything to the work that we do as if we are working for the Lord. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Rodney, for the opportunity. God bless you, brother. Thank you for listening to Bleeding Daylight. Please help us to shine more light into the darkness by sharing this episode with others. For further details and more episodes, please visit bleedingdaylight.net.